Hey, welcome. It is uh, 10.07. Glad to have you with us. Uh, it is uh, Frost Your Buns Friday, so anything that's on your mind, we'll discuss it. we got a guest coming up in about 30 minutes, and uh, he has written a book called Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane. Data and marketing consultant and statistical sage to presidential candidates, governors, businesses, and real powers that be, uh, epidem- epidemiologist, John Hart. Uh, catalogs in a terrifying but sprightly manner the folly and psychosis produced by the pandemic and diagnoses the social destruction that the massive over-response to the COVID virus has wreaked as well. He'll be with us about 30 minutes from now. It is interesting. It is Froster Buns Friday, and uh, we're we're actually taking some good news today, too, because we're really... Overwhelmed with the bad news. For instance, the debt clock has ticked up to thirty trillion nine hundred twenty-three billion. It won't be long now. We reach the magic number. Um, also, the federal government is pouring billions of dollars into understanding genetics and the human brain and how to manipulate those systems. What? Why? We'll talk about that this hour as well. Let me go to the phones. We'll kick it off with Craig. Craig, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Hey, good morning, Gary. Thanks for taking my call. I didn't have to wait too long to get on today. Well, we're glad to have you with us. Well, I I wish I had some good news to talk about with you. Um, I don't know if you're aware, and maybe you've heard about this Facebook page called Como Citizens for CPS Accountability and Transparency. Um, I don't know if you've been there. I don't really want to name any names today or anything like that on the radio, but I, I will tell you that I uh, there's two things on here that I've found very disturbing. Um, the fact that the school board has now put it into the hands of the health department to decide uh, if school will be shut down for any reason uh, that has to do with health. Uh, the same health we, department we, that needlessly shut down businesses across Boone County? Yes, exactly. Oh, Obviously, good. That, Obviously, that's why it's concerning as a, as a parent of, of students that are in the CPS system. Um, but, you know, when you have unelected officials making those decisions, that doesn't um, go along with the will of the people. And um, I think that's a terrible thing. But um, I'm even more concerned about an issue that you can learn about on the Facebook page I mentioned, that there's a middle school here where, uh, according to this post, a young child was grabbed by the hair and slammed against lockers by the principal. And somebody recorded it on their cell phone. There's not video of that. But they made a rule in the school now that if any child is caught filming any altercation between staff and a student, if they're caught filming on a phone or any device, that they'll be suspended from school. Um, and that is, to me, just one step away from communism. You know, that's I mean, absolute this, insanity. Uh, yeah. So I just want to direct people. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you've got other callers waiting, but I, I direct you to go and look at that Facebook page and look at what these concerned parents are posting. What is that page this. again? The, the page is called. Let me see. I've got it right here. I just want to make sure I'm correct here. It's called. 
Como Citizens for CPS Accountability and Transparency. Man, that is a long one. All right. All right, Craig, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary right. Nolan Show. Uh, we're going to have to look that up, Brian. That sounds... Oh, we'll uh, put it on our secret site. All right. In the meantime, I'm going to go to the phones and chat with Gene. Hello, Gene. How are you? Hey, good morning, Gary. How you doing? I, too, am well. I'm doing great. Hey, I'm doing good, too. I had a good chuckle a while ago. Laugh. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to begin with it, but I was just in town a while ago, got my breakfast, and was leaving the restaurant and walked out the door and to get in my vehicle, and my uh, I had my two dogs in it, and uh, a car pulled up in the next empty spot. Okay, no problem. A car got, a, a lady got out. I thought was a lady. Got out, had purple hair. I stood like a gentleman, wait, let the person pass. And I happened to notice the clothes they were wearing. Or he was wearing, I mean, she was wearing, whatever it was. <laughs> you know where this is going. <laughs> um, anyway, I said, well, ain't that a hell of a dress? Because it was all fishnet, miniskirt, something you wouldn't see this early in the morning. This is like a half hour ago. And uh, all of a sudden, you know what it is, isn't it? A deep man's voice came out of that what looked like female. I'm sitting there like, what the hell? I just walked by and I just started chuckling and laughing. And the the, the yeah, the driver of the car is sitting there. He's messing with something, but he's dressed just as bad. And I my hearing's not that good when I, I turn away from. I he said he said something. What he said was, "Is that a lab?" Because my dog is a black lab, and I thought he said. I thought he was saying something about my laugh because I was chuckling pretty loud. I said, "Oh, I'm not laughing. I'm I'm, I'm not trying to laugh at you. It's just something weird." But he's, "Oh no, it's a lab." I said, "Okay, it's a lab, a Labrador. Yeah, that's what it is." And <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, would, uh... he's a, yeah, this guy, this guy's in a car now. He's manly, structured, you know, broad shouldered, dressed up as a woman, and he has actual upstairs like a woman does. But he's dressed, and here he's, oh, yeah, I just wondered, is that a lab over there? They're like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Good God. Anyway, I, I got my truck, and I said, wait a minute. I've seen there's a group of people inside the store restaurant looking out the window. They, you know, they all sit and accumulate and talk. <laughs> I walked back in there, and I said, what the hell just happened? <laughs> they all laughed. And so, yeah, he came in here, and he, he stood there. He didn't order nothing. He left, and he turned around, and I said, one lady said, well, it might have been a, a put up for a gag or something. I don't know. But I said, freak me out. And, you know, you, you expect to see a woman and, and say something. Next thing you know, here's a man's voice come out. You don't see that often around here. But, I mean, nowadays it's more and more, pro, you know, more and more. But yeah. I just thought I'd give you all, I heard you on the phone or radio, and I was wanting to call you and let you know and give you a good laugh. <laughs> all right. It, it was. It was kind of comical. So Thanks. have a good day, man. Thanks, Gene. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Years ago, Nolan's Bar had a back door, kind of a side door, really, but it was the back of the building. And right across from it was a company called Gear Coa, Gear Company of America. And uh, back in the 70s, there was this uh, one employee over there that was always working the pallets. And, and you could always see this employee from behind. And this employee had long blonde hair. And, um, well, from behind was pretty shapely. 
but I'd been there, you know, worked there long enough that um, I'd seen this employee when they turned around and, and he had a beard. It was a guy. But from behind, it looked like a girl with long, flowing hair. And I bet you at least, at least once or twice a week, some guy would be shooting pool, look out the back door, and whistle at this guy. <laughs> he would turn around. <laughs> and they had the shock of their life. Yes. It was like, oh, 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 oh sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Probably two, three times a week that would happen to him. You'd think at some point he'd at least cut his hair just to stop that from happening. <laughs> Brenda, welcome. How are things in Harrisburg? They're good. They're good. I have some good news. I, You know, y'all don't know my mom and my dad and my stepmom, but they were in Florida in Shell Point. And I got a text saying that they are back in their apartment. They don't have any electricity. They're getting water out of the pond to flush, and they're eating all the food out of the refrigerator and freezer. I told them it's just like camping. <laughs> so they, they they checked in, and they're okay. Yeah, they they live in a, a retirement community, and they have a hurricane shelter that everybody went to. And you know, they said that when during the eye of the storm, the building was shaking, and one of the one of the two generators went overheated. But other than that, um, everybody made it through. Thank God. All right. That's that is right. good news. Thank so, you, Brenda. I, I know. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's good news. I like hearing that. Hey, Brian, welcome. Yeah. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Oh, doing okay. I I have finally some good news for Friday. Um, we started a, a football program at Russellville, Missouri, two years ago, and uh, we're 5-0. and oh. Five and zero. Oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah, we're five and zero oh today. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. Two years ago, we we were kind of rough starting out, but we uh, we play in uh, class one, district eight. Then sometimes we jump. We're a smaller school, small rural school. And uh, I just wanted to get that out out there that uh, since we started two years ago and. We're five and zero now. In two years, you did that. Could you do me a favor? What's that? Would you go on up to Cleveland, Ohio, uh, to the Cleveland Browns uh, headquarters, and and see if they'll uh, you know put you on as a coach? Well, I, I, I'm not a coach. I'm a uh, volunteer assistant. Well, then volunteer and and assist because we could use that kind of a turnaround in Cleveland. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm, I'm sure you probably know some qualified people up there in Cleveland, I'm sure. I wish. All right. Brian, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. All right. Great news. Uh, I'm going to grab one more call, Brian. I don't care what okay. you say. I'm going to chat with Richard. Richard, welcome. How are you? I'm doing fine, sir. I got some good news for you. Uh, I have two presidents, uh, Clinton and Obama. They are parents of daughters they don't have any sons they can't carry on uh, 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 their name because they don't have any heirs so that's the good news way to spot the silver lining in a dark cloud <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> there's always somebody out there that's going to think about something yeah and so. you thought about so see now that is good news 
Well, I appreciate you letting me get on the air. Thank you, All right, sir. Richard, appreciate your call. Glad to have you with us. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about the overreaction to COVID, how crazy it is, and what we don't know about those vaccines. That's coming up about 10.35 on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 22 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. PBS is uh, apparently suggesting that DeSantis and the Republicans are to blame for hurricanes. <laughs> you can't make this up. Uh, MRC News uh, Newsbusters has the uh, the story. Um, here, listen. We just listen in. What happens now in in the wake of this, or, or in, in its in its in its literally its wake in the waters that people are finding themselves in? We already hear millions of Floridians and others are cut off from electricity. So this is why we can't stop ignoring the climate crisis. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the governor of Florida, DeSantis, he's not really willing to talk about climate change. In fact, earlier this summer, he said that the state could not be investing pension funds, public dollars, in a way that is aligned with climate change. This is terrible. He is acting in ways that are undermining the safety and well-being of his own constituents in Florida. Uh, Leah, how far out of step is he or not with the, the majority of American opinion? I ask you this because, as you know, um, in President Trump's administration, they rolled back some 100 environmental rules and regulations. And the Supreme Court, as you know, just curbed the EPA's ability to fight climate change. And you just mentioned DeSantis and his views. Have Americans changed their views? Are the deniers less you know, powerful than they used to be when this was, you know, a matter of debate. Absolutely. First of all, why did we have a debate about climate change in the first place? It turns out that fossil fuel companies and electric utilities spent decades sowing misinformation. They got their talking points into president's speeches. They got them into high school textbooks. So it's no wonder that for a long time, Americans were confused about the climate crisis. That was an intentional thing by fossil fuel companies so that they can continue to extract pollution and really endanger all of us. But now Americans see what is happening on their doorstep. They see these terrible hurricanes. They see devastating flooding in places like Kentucky or heat waves baking the entire West Coast. You know, year after year, these extreme events are getting more and more common. And so the fact is, from a public opinion perspective, the American people want our governments to act. They know that climate change is happening now. And we need the Republicans in power, whether that's Governor DeSantis or folks in the Senate, to actually get on the side of the American people and start working on climate solutions. What a load of horse poop. What? I mean, literally, it is a load, of a load of horse manure. We're not seeing an increased number of hurricanes and tornadoes. We're not seeing an increase in their strength. And, and yet, you know, and, and we're ignoring our history. We know that, for instance, the West Coast has had, historically, long before the Industrial Age... Uh, droughts that were much more severe and went on for many more years than what we've seen the last year or two, uh, or th whatever the three years in, in California. And yet, this idiot runs around blaming Republicans for not buying into this whole nonsense about man-made global warming. They continue to push this on people. 
and blame the Republicans. And I'll tell you what's, what, what part of the problem here is, is that uh, nobody's explaining that this has gone on in the past, long before carbon fuels were the thing. That's part of the problem. Part of the problem is these kids who are educated by teachers who are indoctrinated themselves are coming out of schools believing it because they're being taught this. It, it, this is such... You could look back at newspaper ads, or not newspaper ads, but newspaper stories uh, in the 1800s and the 1900s talking about how the the North Pole is you know warming up and it's going to disappear and then it's the opposite the you know the cold returns and it's we're headed for another ice age and they just keep going back and forth and blaming people who don't buy into this nonsense and by the way most of the money for these studies come from a bureau in the uh, you know the uh, from the federal government where they want to make this case these are bureaucrats who probably won't give you the money. When I say probably, I mean very rarely. Historically, will they give you money if you're trying to uh, get to the truth about you know, the, the climate? If you go hat in hand to the government and say, we believe that uh, we have man-made global warming and we need $2 million to do a study, they'll give you the money. If you go hat in hand to the federal government and say, we have some serious questions about the whole theory of man-made global warming. You won't get the money. I mean, it's just it's just nonsense. It's frustrating. It's irritating. I'm 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 so angry. I'm going to go to the phone and talk with Roy. Roy, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Glad to be here. I just picked up on something. I must be getting slow in my old age on talking points with Democrats when they're up there blathering. Okay, they've got a key word. When they're about to really lie. And you want to hear the word? Go ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> now listen for that. Because they're going to keep using it. And it'll it's a pivot point in, in their monologue. Drives the, drives the point home, doesn't it? Absolutely. That, yeah. That's like... <laughs> Absolutely. That's really confirming your bias. What she really means. I want to confirm that bias because I have no facts. Absolutely. All right, Roy, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, coming up just a few minutes from now, Justin Hart is going to be with us. Uh, his book is called Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane. Uh, I had a conversation with him yesterday, and I think you're going to find him fascinating. Tim, I've got about well, a little under a minute. Go for it. Hey, good morning. Um, so my froster buns ties into what you were saying. This lady gets on there and says some stupid stuff that is just absolutely asinine, and she is not held accountable. Yet the guy from Apple makes a joke that was humorous, absolutely held accountable. When yep. is the madness going to stop? When are we going to start pe holding these people accountable when they spread falsities and falsehoods like that? It, it, it's got to end. That's, that's my... Frost your bones Friday. All right. Tim, thank you. If you figure out a way for it to end, let me know. As I and about 150 million other Americans want to know, too. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This 
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 1035. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Telephone number here is 874-9390 and toll-free 800-529-5572. You can also reach me at GaryNolan.com. You may want to ask our next guest some questions. Feel free to give us a call. Justin Hart is with us. He's written a book called Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane. Justin, welcome to the program. Glad to have you with us. Uh, what do you Gary, mean drove the, with you. Uh, thank you. Uh, what do you mean drove the world insane? In what way? Well, <laughs> I, I think a lot of us can look over the last two years and call some type of incident, some type of interesting exchange, some type of interaction with a family member, a neighbor, or someone you didn't even know, and realize that something had snapped inside of people. For my own sake, I remember my wife was in the parking lot of a park, and she decided to let our kids out to go play on the park. Immediately, someone in a full mask came out and yelled at her that her kids could not play on there and that she was taking her own personal time. Mind you, she wasn't an employee of the city or anything here in San Diego. She just was taking her own objective to make sure that kids couldn't play outside because she deemed it unsafe. We've all seen that again and again. Incidents on planes, incidents in restaurants, put the mask on, put the mask off, people being fired. And then in the end, you come to find out that a lot of it had no effect whatsoever, that it didn't change the outcome of the pandemic. And people are really frustrated about that. And I think it really did change the world in many ways. There were neighbors and friends and family. I didn't know were agoraphobes, and now they are full-fledged <laughs> lockdowners. There's nothing more amusing than seeing somebody by themselves driving down the street with a mask on. It's like, what what in the world are you thinking? Um, right. So let's talk a little bit about the the, the vaccine, the, the, the uh, mRNA, which is really kind of genetic man manipulation. How does that figure into your thinking? Well, look, the vaccine was seen as some type of panoply, some type of um, way to get out of the pandemic because they had gone on full lockdown and basically given the keys to lockdown to unelected health officials in 3,200 counties across the country and 13,000 school districts, whether or not they needed to shut down or open or quarantine. Uh, it was a complete chaos. It was fought that if you produced this really unique vaccine that has some promising technology, that somehow it could curb this viral respiratory pathogen to the point where you could get people to open things back up. But it became basically a kind of cult religion, right? And this became evidently clear when they overplayed their hand. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Walensky of the CDC both said that these vaccines were 100% effective against hospitalization and death. Uh, they said, Dr. Fauci said, they were really good against the variants. Well, none of that turned out to be true. And in the end, Bill Gates even had to say, there is no use for mandates if the vaccines can't do job one. And job one was to stop the infection. What we found out from multiple studies is that these vaccines do not stop the infection, that a vaccinated person has the same what we call viral load in the nasal pharynx as someone who is unvaccinated, especially in these later variants. And so, it, you know, there was some benefit, it seems, on the statistical side for people that were over the age where they were definitely at risk. 
But here's the deal. We had very little time to study what the impacts would be. For example, we had no idea to study that if someone had gotten infected already and then went and got the vaccine, what the impact might be on them. We're seeing that in kids now. Uh, What happens is your body goes into this sort of tilt function. It's an immune complex is what they call it. And parts of the virus get into your joints. They cause pain. They cause fevers. And worst case scenario, especially in young men, they cause myocarditis, a very serious condition of the heart. And we have no idea the impacts of this. Of course, all of this wasn't studied because they didn't have time to do it. And apparently, you know, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a virologist, but I'm a darn good data guy. And what I'm told by these folks is that it's a very, very you know, basic thing that you don't try to vaccinate in the middle of pandemic. What we now know because of the huge wave of Omicron that happened at the end of 2021, that that was basically trying to evade the vaccines. And so we had this huge issue where the, the, the virus just swam out of control. It was 10 times higher, but the lethality was less, less, less because most people have been infected already. Uh, it, it's a very definite case. And I think within three, three years, there's going to be massive lawsuits. We know already that the virus throws off a woman's menses cycle. There's evidence perhaps that it can impact a man's sperm count. There's evidence that it has impact on myocarditis. And now just this week came out and demonstrated that elements of the MRA vaccine or traces of it can be found in pregnant women's breast milk. And we have no idea that what we'll, that will do to infant children if they consume that. That's a lot of, uh, a lot of questions that are left after, uh, after this. The book is called Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane. Uh, the author, Justin Hart, with us uh, this morning. Uh, if you have any questions, 874-9390-800-529-5572. So the mask thing, we, we kind of kicked this around at the very beginning. Fauci came out and said, you don't need a mask. Mask isn't necessary. Uh, and then uh, a month later, he comes out and says, yeah, you got to wear a mask. Then he suggests that wearing two or three masks is somehow better. Uh, and my observation was with the mask on, and I, I noticed this first when I went to I went to the store. I remember I was going to the grocery store, and I needed to look at the label. I was looking for carbs, and I put my reading glasses on, and almost instantly when I exhaled, my glasses fogged up, and I thought, "Oh my God, <laughs> I'm I'm it's, it's not going straight out; it's going out, oh, oh you know, over the sides. It's useless." Yeah, the, the kindest interpretation I have is that local authorities on the state level, on the county level, were looking for some type of visible mechanism that they could blame for cases going up and down. And so you would hear this on the state level where the cases would go up and you'd get berated for not wearing your mask and then cases would go down and they would thank you for wearing your mask. Of course, we have evidence now because in certain states there was no mask mandates in certain counties and certain school districts. On the school level, we find replete evidence that masking versus not masking didn't matter an ounce. And we now know from multiple studies that were even done before the pandemic and especially through the pandemic that cloth masks, the masks that most of us were wearing for two years, are nothing more than, as one CNN commentator put it, facial decorations they did nothing they still do nothing and even in a healthcare setting there was 
random controlled trials that were done way before the pandemic where they tried to assess, well, does wearing surgical masks in a hospital setting reduce the, uh, the, the flow of influenza? And they found it didn't do a darn thing. Now, in a surgical environment, surgeons like to keep things sterile there, and it totally makes sense for them to wear surgical masks and have PPE. But outside of that, the mask mandates make no sense. There's no evidence that the mask mandates help in any significant way. And what's crazy is 100 years ago, during the 1918 pandemic, they tried mask mandates. Again, 6,000 people were arrested in San Francisco in 1918 because and fined because they weren't wearing a mask. And then in the end, they came to find out not only didn't, did it not help, but that it became a veritable, as they said, bacteria incubator. And that's what we found ourselves. My own team at Rational Ground, we took samples of kids' masks and sent them into a lab with a group of moms out of Florida. And that group came back, and we found traces of pneumonia. We found traces of cow herpes. I mean, if you saw your kids' masks or even your own masks, you know they were pretty nasty. And so the impact on this is not insignificant. It didn't help, and it may have made things worse. Yeah, I can only imagine with little kids wearing a mask all day, uh, what kind of snot and slobber and everything else they found in there. Um, it never made sense to me. Uh, if you're local, 874-9390, if, uh, if you're out of, uh, you know, one of the stations outside of our local area, 800-529-5572. Justin Hart is with us. Gone viral, how COVID drove the world insane. Um, with, uh, with regard to the, uh, the pathologies that might be associated with this vaccine, there was uh, a, a couple of, of uh, morticians who complained about some unusual, like, plaque or something that they were finding uh, when uh, they were embalming. Is there any correlation? There is still a lot of evidence that needs to be dug through. Just yesterday, uh, we are looking and suing, a lot of people are suing the CDC because they have refused to release autopsy results on people who died from true vaccine adverse reactions. And we are looking very strongly at that. What you're referring to is a report, out, a report put out first by my friend Daniel Horowitz, who made the assessment, talked to multiple embalmers, morticians, who go through and, of course, remove all the bodily fluids and put them in with an embalming fluid so the body can't sustain itself, both uh, you know for viewings and in the grave. And they were encountering things they had never seen before, long string-like plaque in the, in the veins, and they're not sure exactly what those are from. But you can make some assessments, and we now know that there is replete evidence of people having significant, especially women, having uh, blood clot issues along with the issues that go with just general vaccine reactions. And again, you know, it, it may be that for some elder audiences, they did the right thing up front, but we have no idea of the long-term impacts of these things. And certainly for younger audiences, to give you a sense of scale, the average age of death of COVID was about 80 years old. So if you're looking for anyone under the age of 20, when the numbers all come out, their risk of death for a young child was literally 100,000 times lower than that of their grandparents or great-grandparents. So these are things that no one took into account. And the risk on the side of adverse reactions is significantly higher than any benefit that they might approve. And that's not just, not, not just me saying it. 
That's Dr. Offit, who was on the panel. Uh, he was previously released, but he was on the panel, which approved a lot of these things. I think a lot of people are going to have some red on their face. Uh, I think that uh, when it comes down to the sort of impacts of these things, the lawsuits will make asbestos and mesothelioma look like child's play. What about uh, the mortality rate uh, from, from COVID? The general way to think about this, if you were under the age of 65... I'll tell you, you, might, of- you know what, Justin, can you hang on? Yeah. I gotta, I'm up against the sure. clock. I got some phone calls. I'll go to Dennis first when we come back, and we'll find out about the morbidity rate of this COVID, uh, COVID thing, because it may not be what they wanted you to believe. Justin Hart is our guest, Gone Viral... How COVID Drove the World Insane is the book. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. 1053, Frost Your Buns Friday. Justin Hart is our guest. He has uh, been looking into and and, uh, has written a book about the insanity around this COVID China flu. The book is called Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane. Let me uh, just write, I'm going to grab a, a quick phone call or two, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about the morbidity rates. Because they had that little ticker on the screen for every TV show about the number of yes. Americans who died. It was constantly going up in, in, into seven figures. But before that, uh, let me get Dennis in here. I think Dennis has been hanging on for a while. Dennis, welcome. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I just have a couple of questions, but for this uh, just to lay the foundation, I'm just now, you can probably tell, I'm just coming off of COVID for the first time since it started two and a half years ago with the China flu. We've been careful, but we haven't stopped living. We had two shots, my wife and I both, two shots. After all this, this garbage on TV and all the lies coming out of the, the government, we decided no more shots. Let's just be safe. Let's take our vitamins. Let's eat right. Try to be healthy. We just now got COVID for the first time Sunday and Monday. My wife and I both. Hmm. It's, it's no worse. It's it's like a common cold. This variant apparently. So we did did over the counter stuff. I have two questions. One, do I now have some sort of natural immunity? And number two, is it okay to get a, a standard run of the mill flu shot? Yeah, so to the answer to the first question, you have very strong immunity after you um, have gone through the disease. And so that should protect you from at least some of the uh, variants that might flow around. But, you know, the, the, way, the reason why you get a flu shot every year is because the variants change from time to time. Now, you're welcome to get a flu shot. Again, even we knew from the vaccines, which are, which are what the flu shots are, that those only reduced mortality on a yearly basis by about 12%. So they, these weren't, you know, about the panoplies of making things. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get it, which is the expectation they should have set with the COVID vaccines, but they did. They said, if you got the vaccines, you won't get sick, you won't get hospitalized, you won't die. And we now know, you look up any county numbers right now, you pull them up uh, as far as the number of deaths by vaccinated, fully vaccinated, the vast majority of deaths are coming from fully vaccinated and fully vaccinated and boosted people. Now, most people are vaccinated and, and some are boosted. But when you bring the numbers down, you realize if I had told you a year ago that the majority of people dying at this point would be fully vaccinated and vaccinated, you would have thought and kicked me off of Facebook there and Twitter, which they did, actually, because we were trying to tell the truth and they didn't fit the narrative. 
But I think that, you know, I would talk to your, your you know, consult your, your, you know, your pediatrician, consult your, your doctor yourself about getting the flu vaccine. Um, it, I don't think it will hurt. Those have been tested well enough where there's enough evidence for that. But I have to tell you, in my own experience, knowing now how the sausage is made and seeing behind the scenes, um, my group was the, the lead experts and charters behind Dr. Atlas when he was at the White House. And when we, when we talked to him about this, I realize how bad it is and how, how terrible it is around these whole things. So I question a lot of things now, but I don't want that to dissuade people from making their own research, research and decisions on these right. important matters. All right, Dennis, thank, thank you. you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Closing in on the end of this uh, conversation because the clock is ticking. I got callers on the line, but I want to get to the mortality rate. They had this ticker up everywhere. CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, Fox News, uh, every major uh, news outlet about the number of people who died because of uh, COVID, uh, the China flu. Good numbers or bad? Look, they clocked it in at about a million deaths, but that's not accurate at all. What we know is that these tests would pick up a viral trace at five days or 75 days. We have death certificates of an 86-year-old woman who fell from a ladder, broke her leg, uh, died from complications, but she also tested positive for COVID, and she was listed as a COVID death. The general rule of thumb, especially for those early variants, was if you're under the age of 65, your risk was about the risk that you would face driving on your commute to work every day. And if you're over the age of 65, it was slightly higher. It was as if you were a professional truck driver and the risks that they face over a six month to year period. But over these last three years, what we clocked for our purposes was about 300,000 deaths. But again, these numbers are all very fluid and difficult to come by. There's gonna be have to a lot of digging so we can truly assess what's going on. But as I said, the numbers were gonna kill us all before the virus ever would. They feared, they put panic into people and people didn't get cancer screenings. And now we're seeing stage three and four cancers because people were too scared to go to the hospital because fear-mongering was their main tool. You know, they said we had the worst result of any country in the world, and it turns That's out... Not, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's not true? No, not true. I mean, we, we, had, we, we had the largest numbers because we had the largest testing regime. We would literally test more people for COVID in a single day than we would test for influenza an entire year. And so this was, it would basically pick up anything that remotely resembled uh, the virus. And so everything got counted as a COVID death. I think when the numbers come well and done, we'll probably fare worse than other, other countries because we have a large population and percentage of obesity, which seems to be one of the main comorbidities we have there. And that's a whole nother discussion. But at the same time, I think in the end, we'll try to understand that this was a moderate pandemic when it comes to the history there. We'll All right. have to see, Gary. Out of time. Justin Hart, thank you for being with us on The Gary Nolan Show. The book is called Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane. This is The Gary Nolan Show.